Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Megan Fun of Sports. We are recording this thing on Tuesday, May 10th. You're listening to it on a Wednesday, another episode without our dear friend, our love, Megan Gailey, as she's off being a mother. But thankfully, we have Dave Damashek with us here to talk about all things. And I just have to apologize to you all because last week in the open, I teased that I was going to let Eddie Spaghetti talk about hockey. And then I got so distracted and all caught up talking about Harry's wedding. We were going way long, so I cut the hockey. But here he is, Mr. All Things Pittsburghs, Mr. All Things NFL, Mr. NHL, Dave Damashek. How you doing? I'm doing well, better for your company. I appreciate you having me. I think it's funny that usually the other Megan is a boilermaker. She represents one side of that Indiana-based rivalry. I'm an Indiana Hoosier. So in a way, I guess this kind of completes a circle or a yin or a yang or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and we do have the Big Ten thing going on, Northwestern, IU. You spent time in Chicago. I'm from Chicago. We got a lot of a lot of things going on here. That's right. We did. Li- that's right. We both. I lived on the uh, north side, 654 Oakdale, West Oakdale, right outside of uh, Duke of Perth. If you ever went to that uh, that old pub there, I threw on I many good drunks Perth, there. But many, um, many uh, keg of Evanston nights back in my my college days. Oh yeah, I told. Yeah, that's right. I, I did used to bartend at uh, Davis Street oh. Fish Market and shuck oysters as well there. And uh, yeah, while you were matriculating, I may that's well right. have served an underage uh, Megan a, a beer or three. Wouldn't Who that knows? be something? Who knows? Um, we will never know. Well, um, what a day we are! I saw on Twitter today, um, Britney Spears nudes are going around. The SI oh, swim God, they are. Out. Yeah, apparently. See, this would be a great show to have Megan because we would completely break down all the swimsuit you know, the SI swimsuit calendar, but I just don't think that it really plays as well if it's you here with me breaking that down. Yeah, well, I'll get in trouble if I do it. You know, yeah. I, I, I can't really weigh in on that, except to say I, I my longstanding belief on that, if you're a grown-up man yes. and the sports illustrate, like I used to love, I don't know if there if this human being exists anymore who waits at the mailbox for the Sports Illustrated every week. But grown men, I always remember in the letter section, they would always uh they would open that thing up and they'd be and they'd be like, I wait for this all year. It warms up my dreary cold winter and everything. Like, really? You're a 51-year-old man and, and looking at the girl like that's a different kind of creep. That's a that that's a certain yes. brand of pervert. Well, and now they have the internet, so they don't need to wait. Exactly. But Sue right. Bird looked absolutely fantastic. I mean, I don't want to say I wasn't expecting it, but I really wasn't expecting it. And she looked great in that. And so Megan's not here. When she gets back, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna break down everything. We'll give our rankings on it. But wait, right spoiler now, alert. How does what? uh what what did you make of uh uh what's her name? Oops, I did it again. Oh, Brittany. Brittany, um, what do you make of her? Uh, her, nudes? her nude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her nudes have been leaked. A lot of people. It's very controversial. It's like some people are saying like this is why she had the you know conservatorship. I don't know if I even said that right. And then other people are saying, well, Kim K can put out nudes. Why can't Brittany put out nudes? So there's this whole war going on on social media. I think uh, Brittany's a little cuckoo, but I'm are they new? Really- so wait, are they like 2022 photos? They're, yeah, or are she they posted from them yesterday. 20- they're new. Yeah. All right. All right. Now I'm, gonna call. <laughs> I'm focusing in on sports talk. But I'll, yeah, I'll we are that. in on sports. It was a big sports week. Um, there was, I mean, we had the Kentucky Derby. We had the NBA playoffs. We had the NHL playoffs. We had F1. Now, this is a big deal on social media. This was a big deal 
on television. Are you into F1? I, I mean, I, this is a very new thing for Americans. Well, I, I, I personally know I am not. Okay. But people have told me that the way you get into it is to watch the documentary from whenever that was a year ago that yeah. got so many people into it. It does have a hip uh, a hipster vibe to it at this point, but people say you will be consumed by it emotionally, and that's uh, that's how you wind up being obsessed by it. Like so, apparently I did not so many see people. this documentary, but it did come out during the pandemic, so I think it was just like a time for people picking up hobbies. So I think. I don't know. A lot of people think the F1 is the future in the States. I think this might be like a pandemic related obsession. Well, uh, because I'm considerably older than you or your co-host there, Eddie Spaghetti, I can speak with uh, with some wisdom. And when I was growing up, it was announced to all of us. Get ready, everybody. Soccer is going to be the next big thing. Soccer is going to replace the sports you love. It's going to and. It never really has done that. It's become much more popular, to be fair, but it it, it hasn't exactly taken over the U.S. of A. Not um, yet. And and then 15, 20 years ago, it was announced NASCAR is the new. It's the fifth major sport now. Whether you like it or not, you're gonna you're on the wrong side of history if you aren't embracing it. And that never really worked out. So color me skeptical that F1 is going to be an enduring hit in in the U.S. of A. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. Well, Shaq, I don't know if you saw, like, Patrick Mahomes was there. There was a lot of celebrities there, a lot of professional athletes there. And what amazes me is that tickets were going for $550 on the low end and then thirty k on the high end. And these drivers are making billions. Like, we all know that professional athletes in the States, they're millionaires. They're very, very wealthy. But these guys are even more wealthy. I mean, they're making real, real, real serious money. Um, I don't know, a tough weekend in the States, though. You're a celebrity. You get offered to go to F1. That's the trendy new thing. That's where Mahomes is going. It seems like the younger crowd's going there. But then you also have the Derby, which always is a time to show off, dress up in your, your best, you know, floral color in your hat. Um, where are you going if you're if you're uh, of of that caliber status. I, I, well, I, I'm not like I know the ponies that well either, but I guess I would say the Kentucky Derby people have always said, Oh, you got to check, got to go there once in your life. And I never have Churchill downs. Um, so I do have to get knocked that one off the, the sports bucket list. I don't know. F1 though. I, I don't want to start speaking these things into existence. Cause I really don't have a feeling about it either way, but it's starting to feel a little bit like the show on uh, on Hulu or otherwise that everybody else is watching. And since I'm not in on it yet, I'm becoming resentful of that show. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling? like, And then you yeah, got to tune it out. Game like, of Thrones because everyone said it was so good and I missed the ship. So I didn't start watching. And then I got so far behind, I said, it's never going to happen. But then when people would talk about Games of Thrones, Games of Thrones, God, I do that all the time. Game of Thrones. I was like, nope, don't care. Hate that show. Want nothing to do with it. It became a cult. History smiled on you ultimately because uh, the last season was an all-time stinker, all-time gut punch. I mean, really right up there with Lost for my resentment of a show. How dare you take this many hours off my precious uh, time on the planet Earth and end it like that? You didn't have anything better in mind, so I'm resentful of that, but... I've dipped my toes back into those waters. I, after years of not watching Ozark, we're now about three episodes in at my house. And so far, so good. People tell me 
that uh, to to stick with it. So I'm trying. So I'm trying to turn over it. a new leaf. Oh, yeah. you, you're you're all the way through it. Uh, no, I'm on the season finale. Just watched one episode. Well, not season finale. Season, you know, the last season. So I've only watched one episode of the final season. But um, I love Marty Bird. I love. It gets a little hokey, but you're like, you know, at some point, what story doesn't, right? Um, okay. okay, so far I haven't gotten to the hokey. No, finish. no, but like it, there comes a point when you're like, okay, this is not really believable, but then you're like, that's the point. It's a story. All right, I look forward to it. I hear, I hear only good things. Yes, the, the acting is absolutely fantastic. Okay, so we brought up the Kentucky Derby. Did you watch this? Were you as awestruck as everybody else? I mean, this is crazy. 80 to 1 odds, Rich Strike, horse number 21. He wins the Kentucky Derby. These odds, just to put in perspective for all of you listening out there um, who maybe aren't as into gambling yet, this would be like the Giants or the Steelers winning the Super Bowl this year because they're legitimately 81. I know I'm working here with a big Steelers fan, and the Giants just had a big draft, and Eddie Spaghetti is a Giants fan. Um, I don't want to be too harsh on you, and it wouldn't completely surprise me if the Steelers ended up having a really good season. But right now, on this day, if you told me the Steelers or the Giants were going to win the Super Bowl, I would give you all of the money in my wallet and just say, go bet, go crazy. It's not going to happen. I think you're kind of right. And here's a bold statement. If you told me that one of those two teams, the only thing you've had a look into the relative near future, um, February of 2023, and the Steelers or the Giants gets to lift the Lombardi at the end of it. I think I would pick the Giants. The The path is clearer in the NFC yes. than it is in the AFC. It is hard to mount much of well, an argument that, that the Steelers division. are going to go. Yeah, right. I mean, so all they have to do is really get past the Cowboys. Right. I think it's more like, I don't think either one is likely. I'm with you completely. Eighty. The, the horse thing as a side note I like when people are like, he's 80 to one long shot. Like as though any of us watching would know the difference between the horses. If somebody didn't tell you, it's the equivalent. The one I always point out, the most pretentious indicator uh, among sports fans is when people start telling you what they know about offensive line. <laughs> you have no idea who's good until some, until an expert tells you. Don't act like you know why that guy is better than the other. You somebody you heard it on a broadcast. So Same is thing this in defense of Cole Strange? Is Cole Strange going to change the Patriots offense? Please say yes. I have no idea. I don't have <laughs> any ability to divine how well he leans up on other fat guys. I have but no, I'm with I, you I, on I the know. horses. And I, when I watch the Derby every year and I see the horses getting loaded in, I, I look at the horse and I'm like, ooh, that looks like a good one. Ooh, he looks right. even stronger. I mean, they all look fantastic and they're built to win these races obviously because it costs several hundred grand to even mate with them and that's if the horse ends up breeding or not well you're more you're see you're a runner yourself so in a way you're a racer so on some level the horses and the race cars in f1 are your peer group so do you are your peers do you vibe to that do you feel like hey I know what I'm looking at. And when I look that horse in the eyes, I can see he's got it. No, I don't. I think it's very difficult to um, examine the it factor of a racer, especially when, I mean, a horse is involved. I think maybe you could look at the jockey when it's a human being and you look at the jockey like, oh, this guy's got it. But it's very different because 
with running, you're operating your body with like racing, you know, you're operating this car and I know nothing about cars. I know nothing about horses. So those that's different. Like versus someone operating their body, you can tell the competitive edge. Like it's like you look at Tom Brady before a game, you look at any athlete before a game and they have that, that look, Oh, they're hungry. I mean, you saw it last night with Jason Tatum in the fourth quarter. He played like crap. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, he, he turns it on and he had this look in his eyes. So I think it's something about the competitive look when it comes to a car and all these other outside factors. I can't tell you anything. I do kind of buy what you're saying. Yes. I have looked, there's some guys you, you feel like when you look at them in big moments, they, they kind of look spooked. Other yeah. guys do look focused in there. You can't do it with jockeys though, because they would only come up to your navel. So they, <laughs> you, you can't look them in the eye. No, you you can't, but that's part of it. All right, so Kentucky Derby, did you win money? Did you bet on it? What did you think? I, I didn't bet anything no. on it for the reasons I described. I would have no idea. No? I would just be following someone's just lead. Fun. Did and you enter a pool? No, no I'm way too vain. Did you put a hat on? No, I'm way too vain. No, I, no I, I, because like I've to make a bet, I would have to go off the counsel of some random third party who knows about horses. Yes. And that, now the fun is gone. I've never well, understood people. We know a lot of guys on the Extra Points Network here. Harry does it. Sal does. It. I mean, listen, a lot of a lot of people do it. But I find it unsatisfying betting on one, a game I'm not going to see. And two, like when they do the weird bets, there's a tournament going on somewhere in Asia between two. Like, I'm not going to say I don't know anything about those teams. Why am I? But well, because because uh, because the sharps say that there's a a big ah, that's not fun to me. I don't I don't know anything about these things. So, though, I I like to watch. I do think it's super exciting. I think it's uh, there's something. intrinsically electric every year. I know nothing about the horses, but mm-hmm. boy, for three minutes, it's super fun to watch that race. I agree with that. I can relate to betting on something you can't watch. The Kentucky Derby you can watch. I just think it's fun. You know, like to put a couple bucks, 10 bucks on a horse, pick your favorite number, pick your child's birthday, whatever. It makes it more fun to watch it. But to your well, point when you're about- at the track, it's the best. That that That's a great day. Go out there, get some beers, uh, and, uh, and, and throw a little something on the every horse race that uh, goes oh, on yeah. that afternoon. I, there, there are a few ways to spend a, an afternoon that are more fun. So to your point on betting on games you can't watch, one of the first legal bets I placed, it was legal here in Florida for maybe, I don't know, a month. And then Calvin Ridley got caught gambling. And I think I thought for a while that this bet was the one that shut it down in Florida because I bet on Detroit Mercy in like a college basketball game. And of course I couldn't watch it anywhere. So I was sitting in my kitchen refreshing the play-by-play score on an app. For a long time, I found like a local broadcast I could listen to. It made gambling very difficult um, because I have to follow whatever team that I'm gambling on, which is why I don't gamble on the NHL because I really can't get into the NHL. And we're going to talk about the NHL after this. Mother's Day was also this weekend. You have a you have your mother you talked about before on a previous show. She made your what was it? She made your Super Bowl experience better because she let you come out of school. What, what was it? You had a mother's oh. story. March Madness. Your mother yes. took you out of school for March Madness. I forget her name, but she sounds like a wonderful woman. Did we give any good Mother's Day gifts? Mo Damashek, yes, is, uh, you know, she has the highest um, re- approval rating of any guest that's ever appeared on any show that yes. I've ever done. Every time she, uh, it, it's a star turn for her. Um as I've told Spaghetti and uh, the gang before, I have some weird, I, you know, why, you know. Oh, you're an anti-Mother's Day guy? Well, 
as wow. a matter of fact, I as a matter of fact, I kind of am. I don't like prescribed holidays. Okay. I think here here's a pro tip for for the fellows out there at least that, that has worked for me. I think that um, just as New Year's Eve is amateur hour, it as is. they say for 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 people who like to you know have a, have a wild night. You know, let let the amateurs have their fun. You get wild on all the other nights. Same thing with in a relationship. Valentine's Day, it's on the calendar. You're supposed mm-hmm. to celebrate. No, I'm, I, I don't want that. Don't tell me what I have to do, uh, greeting cards uh, makers of the world. I don't want to do that. Mother's Day, again, a manufactured event. I like to I like to fill in the cracks around the rest of the season. That's not a, a so you're a year round. I'm not working blue. You when I celebrate say cracks, love. But. You celebrate mothers. You celebrate fathers. You celebrate people year round. You're merely keeping up with the Joneses when you give flowers on Mother's Day. You but are. When you give when you give those flowers on a random Tuesday in September. You. Now you're standing out. Now you're doing something special, unexpected. And then when it's difficult to get like, you know, brunch reservations on Mother's Day, you can say, oh, it's fine because we did that two weeks ago or we did that whenever. I think you're onto something here. Well, I, I, I listen, the the results speak for themselves. I've I've made four babies and and look at me, listen to me. Do you think anybody wanted that? No, but you, you got to figure out little loopholes, little wow. ways to stand out there. And I, and I think I've done it neatly. The other thing that I was going to say is too, that I do, I don't know why, like, you know, Michael Jordan's like, I don't know why God gave me these powers, but the fashion gods gave me some weird, uncanny ability okay. to pick out women's dresses. I, I, I never, so you, you're very never miss, never miss. Wow, it's crazy how good I am at doing it. Like I, any like, kind of dress, like for multiple, di- like for different occasions, you could do red carpet, you could do wedding guests, you could do bridal. I've not, I've, I, you know, it's interesting. I've never done specifically like the, a, a red carpet type of vibe. Um, that's very, uh, elegant, but yeah, work day, you know, okay. Saturday night kind of dresses, casual, fancy, whatever well, you're looking for. I, I, I have really, to wear a lot of dresses for my other job. You yeah. can become my styling consultant. Listen, you make the call. I'm not, uh, what I'm not going to do is insist that people listen to me. I mean, again, though, you, you can ask my wife, you can, listen, I, I do. I, I don't know why this okay. gift was given to this guy, but it was. And so I'm going to use it for all. I, I have Helen I'm here for you. coming up. So if you can come up with a dress that's very themed towards Helen Cell, whatever that Hell may mean to you, uh, okay. just send them my way and I'll tag you and everything styled by Dave Damashek. I think you could make a business out of this, along with your ability to pick baby names, which if people don't know, you should follow Dave Damashek on Twitter right now. He has just sent out this offer to all of the world, whoever needs it. He will name your child for you. He will come up with a baby name uh, for just what, 50 bucks, 100 bucks a, a person? Well, yeah, I'm just undercutting. Somebody does that professionally in New York, I think. And, and, gets paid $10,000 to do it, which is just asinine. I'll do it for 9K. 9K per That's name. Right. That's okay. Right. And you're naming this 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 person's child. I'll, do, I'll get, you know what? Because we're just trying to get the business up off the ground, two for one special. If you're having twins, I'll, I'll name both of them for 9K. All right. This podcast is sponsored by Dave Damashek Styling and Naming Services.
Uh, before we get into our best bets and our favorite segment, Megan's Moron of the Week, we just have to take time to wish a very happy 30th birthday to our podcast producer extraordinaire, Mr. Eddie Spaghetti. He had a great weekend celebrating at Pearl Dram. He also says in this rundown right now, that he turned 30 and it stinks. And my question is, does it though? Because I think the 30s are the peak in your life. Your 20s, everyone says, oh, nothing will be better than your 20s. In my early 20s, I was so fucking poor. It was unbelievable. Like making rent every month was a legitimate stress. Until I got my most recent job, I had two jobs just to pay the freaking bills. So your 20s are your grind years. I think your 30s, things get better because they're like your 20s, but you have a little bit more money. I think, Eddie, you're being a little too negative about your 30s. Well, uh, considering that I spent my 30th birthday, which was a Monday, uh, alone in the dark, replaying like how the Rangers messed up in each game, uh, it was not it was not good. But uh, you know, hopefully things do reverse. Hopefully my body stops breaking down, and hopefully so being a, f- a sports fan, particularly a Rangers fan, is what stinks. Not turning 30. I yeah, but I also I just vision myself as like a tw- I think like a 26, 27 year old. I feel like I'm just I would love to be that age for like eternity. Just like people kind of take you seriously enough, but like having the number 30 next to you like I I still not that I'm immature, but I still see myself doing less adulty type things. I still I think I'm a youngish soul. So it's like it's strange to think like, you know, when my parents were 30, they were like legitimate people. Like I'm I don't think I'm a real person yet. Wow, Eddie, I think you're a real person. Mm. I think it's just going to keep getting better. Dave, our expert on age of the three of us, you, I I think, think would be the age expert. That's a way of calling you old. I think he's Uh like a person and a half. Look at him. I know. Sweet Jesus. But you would probably be our resident expert here on age since um, you are the oldest. Well, Woody Woody Allen, I can't really cite him, though, as a point. It's not a good point of reference any longer to to use Woody Allen. But he always but I I remember reading that he said the 50 your 50s are the sweet spot of life. And there is something to that. That's when you probably have the most amount of money if things go well. And um, you're still young enough to enjoy. There are very few things now. You're not going to go out and play probably two on two basketball anytime soon in your fifties or probably not at the same level you used to, but at least you're still vibrant enough, you know, your sixties and beyond. That's when you're really on the decline. That's when you start getting that weird Turkey neck and all the other bad <laughs> indicators. Um, so I, I, I could see some value in, in terms of like your, the credibility you have with the rest of the world. I would think if you're, you know, 50 ish, that's a, that's a good place to be. I hear what you're saying about your 20s though. We although we all romanticize them, right? We we all look back and think about those days cuz there was so much promise there, but you then in the day to day of it, yeah, you were thinking about what might happen, what your life might turn into around mopping floors and whatever other crap you had to do to to pay rent, right? When yeah. you were 22, 23. That's what I was doing when I was serving the likes of you. And uh, the other snoots at Northwestern. That's what I, who are these kids coming into this bar? Don't they know I'm working hard here. I'm doing manual labor. But yeah. Northwestern has a lot of snoots. I was, I was on scholarship. It was not a, not a, not a snoot. Not you. Not you. (laughs) But there are a lot of snoots at Northwestern. I hear you. I just think 30 is a great time, especially look at Eddie. I mean, he settled down. He's got a job. He's got the girl. Like, there's nothing to worry about. Just enjoy it, right? 
Well, what goes away is, yes, it's fun when you're 22 or 24. I moved to Chicago right after college and all my pals and I moved there and family ended up moving there, my generation. And it was it was just a gay time. It was the it was the best Cubs games on Saturday, oh, sitting sitting in the bleachers with a with a with a cold beer and, and the sun out. You, this, I, I remember saying on multiple occasions and and being sincere about it, saying this is one of those moments where I can rightly say there is no place on earth I would rather be right now than here with this gang. And that was and going to see music all over and all the venues around Chicago and and all of that stuff was great. And then I moved to L.A., in my at at 30 basically i moved there and i found myself pining for those good times and then i would go back to chicago periodically over the years and i would realize oh the chicago that i have in my mind is gone because mm-hmm. all those people have now gotten married and had babies and that's the real turn is babies and and children are the best but they do make that previous life that you were living in an impossible one to continue with you know you can't do it. So uh, it's a completely different life. That's what spaghetti has waiting, I assume. You know about, I assume, Megan, you're you're aware of Spaghetti's girlfriend. Oh, right? we did a whole when, when episode about her last yeah. week. We did a whole segment on her. We're, so you Megan know what and I are obsessed with her. About, but you know about New Year's Eve, the deadline? Oh, I didn't know there was a deadline. I well, was a trying deadline. to tread lightly because last week we went um, in depth about how Eddie should propose to Jada. And I didn't know oh, yeah. she was sitting right next to him during our whole conversation. Well, it's funny with Jada. You know, people always say this, and this spaghetti would be a classic case of this. People always say, boy, boy, you outkicked your coverage, spaghetti. I told him that. <laughs> I know people say that, but I think it's an insult to the woman as though she had no control over it. I think the way to look at it, the other side of that coin is, is that she pooch punted. She just, you, you know. You know, she knew. Oh, yeah, all right. I'm too good for, for spaghetti. But you know what? Poor kid. You know what? I'm going to embrace him and make his life better. We wow. we hail you, Jada, for that. Yeah, she's dynamite. So the deadline. Tell me more about this. Tell our listeners about this, because now that they've been introduced to Jada, they want to know when the ring's coming. Well, what well, the, whatever my, this deadline is. I guess it's not my tale to tell, but spaghetti has brought this up previously. I think it, there's a ring expected by the time the ball drops in Times Square at the end of 2022. Is that in correct, Times Square, Spaghetti? But they live in, but they live in um, L.A., so does the time... <laughs> think the three yeah. hours, is the three <laughs> hours going to be make the difference for Spaghetti? We need like, to know. We're betting on this. I wasn't going to do it if we were on East Coast time, but you know what? These two and a half hours have made me think different. Oh, boy. Eddie's sweating again. I'm like, oh, second podcast in a row. We just bring... Bring up all of the pressure. Yeah, I just imagine every listener just pulling their earbuds out, going, "I don't care about this uh, this, <laughs> dumb, this dumb kid's life." Okay, talk uh, about the no, Rangers then. No, I I, I think uh, yeah, I mean, I think it'll happen sooner rather than later. I'm not sure if the deadline is still a hard and fast rule just because of other uh, stuff going on with with us, but I, I think yeah, it'll it's a safe bet to say it'll probably be sooner rather than later. Safe bet. Okay, I'm going to be factoring in those uh, three hours when I make my bet for New Year's. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't <laughs> do it. If somebody told me I had to do it, now I can't do it. I was going to do it, but well, now I refuse. You do everything the opposite way. You, like, everyone else celebrates Mother's Day. You do it on Father's Day. You do things very different than everyone else, as all of our listeners are learning now, and as I'm learning even more now. Dave Damashek has his own path in life, and don't you dare even think about telling him to do anything differently. 
Thank you. And yeah. I respect in that. other words, I'm a petulant pain in the ass, but that's old news to anybody. <laughs> All right, Megan's know. moron of the week, everyone's favorite segment. I didn't tell you about this day, but we decide somebody, anybody who was moronic, could be you, could be an athlete, could be absolutely anything. So today I am wearing my James Harden t-shirt because we are all morons for declaring James Harden dead because Sunday he came back in a big way. The 76ers were done before Joel Embiid came back and we all thought Harden was just a shell of himself. They won on Sunday 116 to 108, and James Harden, 31 points, 6 of 10 from 3, 9 assists. James Harden, we are sorry. I am wearing my T-shirt for you. I was a moron for doubting you. My other moron of the week is Twitter notifications because I have Twitter notifications on for uh, everybody on the Extra Points Podcast Network so that I remember to interact with them and if they tweet something funny that I should interact. So I have them on for our dear podcaster birthday podcast producer birthday boy eddie spaghetti he was at pearl jam on friday night and um there was a lot of tweets <laughs> there was a lot of tweets going on so eddie i temporarily had to turn your twitter notifications off it's not your fault it's, Whoa. Fault. it's my fault not yours but they are back on now so i can interact with you and then finally i have a question for both of you about flying i fly every week i am a window window gal I like the window when I can. Now, we've talked about it on the show because I fly a lot. I typically get upgraded to first class, which is wonderful. It makes flying very different. However, on certain airlines, they do not have first class. So I was flying on JetBlue this week. And since I am a window girl, I'm going to sit in the window. Um, however, I also have a very small bladder. How many times will, how many times asking is, Asking to get up and go to the bathroom on a plane is too many times. Two. Two. Two is too many. Two is too many. One's fine. That's, uh, you know, all right. If that's how your cycle's working on that given day, I, I'd be a curmudgeon to, to say that that one is too many. But two, now you're pushing it. Eddie? It's Jay's right. Two is the answer. It's uh, for a five-hour flight, a cross-country flight, it, you go. Five you, hours? You, well, yeah, I'm saying for cross-country flight, it's a five-hour flight, um, New York to L.A., for example, you you, you pee at the two-and-a-half-hour mark the, you, one time in the middle, and that's it. You go right before you get on the plane, that's it. Then you wait until after, right when you deplane, you go again. You can't ask twice unless it's like some kind of weird emergency. If you're like, hey, sorry, I was you know, partying all weekend. I need to go sit in the bathroom. Like, whatever, things could happen. But regularly, yes, you go, you go once. And if you have a small bladder, you should sit aisle. Well, that's exactly right. That's a spaghetti hits the nail on the head. I mean, that, that, that's the heart of the matter. So I know you get, you don't I... get to have it both. You don't get, you don't have a small bladder. And so I have to get up to pee a lot, but also I need the window. I, I have to put my, my, put my foot down here. And speaking of feet, that's the biggest crime you can commit on an airplane where many social crimes are committed. The person who takes their bare feet out. Don't I do agree. If you're a fella, if you're a fella, anybody, if you're anybody, please keep your shoes on. Not even bare feet. Like just keep the shoes on. Some people take the sneakers off and wear Fair. the socks. I'm against that. Please also keep gross. your shoes on. Uh, I have a confession to make to you all. I mentioned the small bladder situation, but I justified sitting in the window as, you know, I fly every week. I've earned this where most people do not fly every week. They have not earned it on my three hour flight from Logan airport in Boston to MCO airport in Orlando. I had to pee three times. I mean, you know, 
I, so. I, I'm on your show and I want to be a, a pleasant no, guest. No, it's okay. I'm just I'm bringing back, this up during moron of the week. So wrong's that wrong. just bring it up that this, I, I could be flagged for this and someone elsewhere could be talking about this girl who sat next to them and got up three times to pee on a three hour flight. Prima Donna might have been, uh, might have been thrown around in your direction. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Dave Damashek, you're moron of the week. Oh, I, I have to do a moron of the week. Yeah, I'm uh, sure you have a lot. I, I well, I, I do all the time. Uh, you know what? Uh, this is uncomfortable. How about um, because he's attacked him previously? Sidney Crosby, uh, Eddie Spaghetti has disparaged the the face of the game for 20 years. You know, he's you know he gets upset with him because he gets too many calls. He's the face of the game. That's the way mm-hmm. it goes. How about instead? Since he's disparaged my favorite, how about uh, anyone who told me that Igor Shesterkin, the goalie for the Rangers, is the best in the game? I was sold a bad bill of goods. I would have bet on the Penguins if I had known this bum was going to show up. I'm a big fraud. Oh, he's going to win the Vezina Trophy for his regular season teams. Well, these are the playoffs. I wish I would have known that this was what was going to happen. I could have made a fortune off of it. Igor Shesterkin. Here's the moron of the week. I promise we're going to get to NHL. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk all about Tom Brady's new deal with Fox, the little NBA playoffs, and then finally close with what you've been waiting for, the NHL. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. My favorite boy is in the news, and I say that sarcastically because everyone who listens to this show knows that I might just be the number one Tom Brady hater, which if we listen to what Michelle Beadle said about what happened with LeBron James, hopefully Tom Brady's not petty. He could try to get me fired someday. But Tom Brady just signed a big deal. He's joining Fox Sports to be an analyst on Fox NFL Games. He will be with the number one crew. This is bold by Fox because they just lost – Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, now they make a big move. Sign Tom Brady. The contract is reportedly 10 years, $375 million, which means that Tom Brady is going to make more per game in the booth than he did per game on the field. I I don't know. I don't like Brady. So for me, I'm like, oh, of course he's doing this again. Of course. And when I say I don't like Brady, just to clarify for everybody, it's because I'm bitter. I do love him. I'm hurt. That's why I don't like him. Good for you. You're a human being. That's, you know, that's how you're supposed to feel. I don't like when people wish him well. Now you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. You enjoyed his successes, but guess what? He dumped you. He moved on to, uh, to a new woman, everybody. And, and that woman's name is uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can't, you, you don't still root for him. Shame no. the devil that you do that. Where's you your dignity? Good for you. Yes, I, I can't root for him. I, I have to hate him because he doesn't play for the team that I root for. And he left me. So Brady in the booth, you're a Steelers fan. You have a, a long history with Tom Brady. You're an NFL fan. You have a long history with Tom Brady. Him in the booth, is he likable? Is he hateable? What, what do you think? Obviously, he's respectable because he's Tom freaking Brady. But what do you make of a Brady booth? Well, you say he's a nice guy, but I have a hunch that you might be right, that if he hears tale of what you're saying about him, he will hold it against you. And mm-hmm. he will try to pull all the levers of power to, to unseat you from your perch in sports media and otherwise, because that's how I would do it. I don't like it. I've I, I've 
told the story before Peyton Manning once I used to make fun of him for not winning when the game mattered most in January because the weather would get bad and he didn't like playing outside of a dome and your Patriots would defeat him pretty regularly for a stretch there. And somehow he got wind of this, obviously saw me talking about him repeatedly as a guy who doesn't come through in the clutch. And once, um, I was supposed to interview him and he, I, you could see him on camera, mm-hmm. uh, in the talk back and, and he says to the publicist, who's, uh, who, who's this interview with? And, uh, you hear the, the, uh, um, disembodied voice say, uh, Dave Damashek. And he goes, Oh, uh, cancel that. And that was the end of it. <laughs> oh my God. So that's this- great. That's not what I would do. If I had that kind of juice, that's what I would do. I'd smite, I'd smite everybody. I could I'd be as spiteful a creep as I could be. But anyway. So Tom um, Brady could affect my career. So I need a rebrand. I have to go through Twitter. I have to delete all these tweets. I need to rebrand myself as a Brady lover. No, you just have to explain where it's coming from. And then he'll understand. Because he's okay. a competitor. And he and yes. he hurt you because you enjoyed watching him on your side. So I think you can explain it away. Um The big question is, you know, he's had a fair amount of exposure more than probably Emmett Smith or Dan Marino or Joe Montana or Jerry Rice did before they took seats in broadcast booths or in pregame shows and then proved to be duds. It is interesting. Just because you're good at the sport doesn't mean you're going to be interesting talking about it. It's a close cousin to, wait, why is Ted Williams the best hitter of all time? Why can't he teach people how to hit? There's something when you operate at that higher level that you don't speak human. You're above it. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that'll be the case for Brady. He does seem like he's a, if nothing else, a nice guy, if that's what you want out of the booth. Um, it is, it is weird though, that, um, do they have, did they secretly get him into a booth and hear what he's got before they (laughs) said $375 million? If you have the opportunity to sign Tom Brady, like you got to take a swing. Now the 10 years, 375, that's a lot of money for just, you know, a guy that's never done this before and you don't know if it's going to work out. I get it because it's Tom Brady and I don't think anybody will be better at breaking down plays than Tom Brady. But the question is, can he do it with the timing and the traffic that it takes for a TV broadcast, right. which is really different than anything else. And you have to work with these producers. You have to work with replays. And again, the timing is just different than anything else that they're going to experience. I find, I find it interesting too, because while he's been in front of cameras more, Tom Brady's been scripted in a lot of ways. When he was with the Patriots, he wasn't allowed to say anything. And now he has kind of developed into this larger than life figure who has people running his every move, people producing this documentary, people looking over things with a fine tooth comb before it ever gets out. He hasn't had these like live, raw, unedited moments um, in a lot of experiences because when he was with the Patriots, again, you say nothing. And he did a really good job of doing that. Yeah, I think it predisposes you that environment, play-by-play guy. Uh, you don't have to have watched Winning Time to see the ch- the Chick Hearn, the representation of Chick Hearn showing his fist to Pat Riley to be quiet. It is a fairly controlled environment if you're an, uh, if you're an analyst. I guess I've obviously never done it, but it would feel like you can only do so much harm. It mm-hmm. may be lead you to saying inane kind of stuff, which is why the majority of people who end up doing analysis just say stuff that's, you know, 
hyperbolic jive like Mm. hey we're looking at one of the best in the business this young man might be the best in the business he got coached up there i like yes they don't say anything compelling or anything that breaks through tony romo greg olson and a few people um being the exceptions to that what 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 is interesting to me as well is that the aforementioned peyton manning is doing what seems to me to be at least a I, i i how many people hang it on like Peyton and Eli as a duo is what makes the Manning cast go. Or is that the, the future of watching games on TV It's like, you're hanging out with no, people. I don't think that's radio play by play is essential. You have to yes. hear what's happening because you can't see it. I wonder if we'll move on, if it'll feel outmoded at some point, because largely when it's not Romo and a handful of other guys who are saying actually interesting, insightful things, mostly it's like, do we need this? What I'm really watching for is to get the atmosphere in the stadium. I want to hear the crowd noise and the music and all the rest of it um, coming through more than I need to hear the, you know, the, the tedious, you know, cliches of pigskin or whatever sport. So I struggle to focus more with the, with the Manning Eli cast. I get so distracted by them that I'm like, Oh wait, <laughs> I gotta watch the game more. I know that well, maybe the reason a smaller you, brain, but I get distracted. Well, no, you can't watch it. If it's your team, if you're invested emotionally, yeah. it's like, well, you guys shut up and watch and let's focus on the game. <laughs> you guys are talking I, about got busy playing grab ass. But if it's when it's the Carolina Panthers and the Seattle Seahawks are two teams, I don't care about playing each other. And it's like, ah, I want to hear the fun side stories. Talk it up, fellas. Um, okay. That's a big news in the NFL today. Tom Brady also uh, was in the news because he said that, the fum that the tuck rule was actually a fumble like this is where I have a problem with Tom Brady I know I just said I was going to do a rebrand and talk all glowingly about him but I just can't do it because he's such a headline grab and he's so needy for attention just what four months ago NFL films does this whole glorious documentary on the history of the tuck rule we bring Charles Woodson in we bring Tom Brady in they don't talk much anymore they have this beautiful reunion and they're in um this mansion in Florida and they're gonna tell us all about the tuck rule and everything that happened and at the end of the documentary we realize like huh it probably could have went either way but it changed all of history now four months later Tom Brady is bored evidently and he's on social media and he knows something will get a lot of traffic and he knows he'll get more attention. So what does he do? He goes on whatever TikTok and then posts it on Instagram and says, oh, the tuck rule might have been a fumble just to get losers like us to talk about it. And I've had enough because it doesn't matter. It already happened. How many times are we going to talk about the tuck rule? Yeah, he's above the law. That's that's the conclusion. I mean, the most recent deed is I know he got jammed up on the deflate gate thing, but of course that was preceded by his coach looking at film of what other offenses were going to do. And that's why they won those first couple of Super Bowls. I'm sorry to report. Um, The Patriots cheated. Well, we know they did. And, you know, uh, and repeatedly at that. But um I, at this point, Brady, like I say, is held to a different standard, and and it's uh, it's a nice life if you're him because who else? What, I forget random people. At any other football player, you think they could get away with this thing of, yeah, I'm going to retire, but he's really saying he's retiring so that he can get out from under the current contract in hopes that something will work out that then he can buy a piece of the other team and be on that team instead. But then it doesn't work out. And it's like, yeah, I'm just going to come back to you, Tampa. 
and and it's all everything is Jake. Everything, it's great. It's nobody great looks back. It's so crazy. You can't say anything bad about him because if you don't, you're disrespecting the goat. You're disrespecting the game. And he can just do whatever he wants at this point, right? Eddie Spaghetti that Todd talks bad about his hockey equivalent, Sidney Crosby. Why doesn't Crosby get the same genuflection as Brady? Fat. <sighs> oh, Brady, Brady, Brady. Okay, sticking with Boston, I just have a quick little NBA nugget. The NBA playoffs are going on right now. Bucks Celtics are in a great series. The Celtics won last night. Excuse me. They should have won two nights ago, but the referees just missed a terrible call on Marcus Smart. That should have been a shooting fall. It has not been a shooting fall. The referees have been awful, just absolutely dreadful throughout all of the NBA playoffs. They've been way too involved. Terrible on both sides. Just all around bad calls. It's hard to watch. Distracting from the game. I almost decided to become a hockey fan last night because of it. It was just unwatchable. But um, my quick NBA note and my quick NBA question for everybody is, could Deuce Tatum become the next Riley Curry? And I just have some marketing tips for the Tatum family in order to make this a reality. Oh, I got you. Okay, I got you. Deuce Tatum is great. He's be- he's a very adorable little boy. He's on the court. He's helping his dad stretch. He's doing all these things. He sits courtside. He has a rivalry with Marcus Smart. If you follow along on social media, they don't like each other, which is really cute for a four-year-old. The problem with Deuce Tatum is we haven't heard him talk yet. And I hate to be telling these parents what to do with their kid, but if you want this kid to be mar- marketable, you got to take a lesson from Riley Curry and you got to talk. If we hear Deuce talk and he takes the mic at this pre- press conference, I think this is great for his brand. I think this is how he overtakes Riley Curry. And if he doesn't talk, there's another cute NBA kid who's going to do it someday and they're going to steal a spotlight. So Tatum family, if you're listening, Deuce got to practice the talking. I like that, and I think you could script out a good cutesy answer for him. Like, if the Bucks win, or like even before the game, like he, we should get him like going like, Giannis, don't beat my daddy in basketball tonight, and people be like, oh, he's the best, just something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, we just got to get someone to shoot it on a phone, and you know he can have a lot of takes. We'll get someone to tweet it out. It will go viral, and then um, we'll get Deuce Tatum. I mean, we could be his publicist. Yeah, I mean, well, listen, Dusty Baker's kid ran out onto the field when the Giants, uh, remember that, when, uh, mm-hmm. uh, who was it, J.T. Snow or whoever it was had to grab him and uh, as he crossed home plate had to pull him out of the way so he didn't get run over. Although I guess with all the Dave Chappelle and Will Smith stuff, I guess we don't want to encourage people to, and yeah, NBA crowds touching fans, yeah. right? We, we don't want to encourage more of that behavior, but um but yeah, it seems, it seems like nobody's getting in their way from jumping up there anyway. So if a four-year-old ran across the court to interrupt uh, a Giannis slam dunk breakaway or something like that, I think he'd only heighten his star power. So something to consider, but I like where your head's at. I think all Deuce has to do is take a charge from Giannis and then that's it. And then Giannis is no longer a big star. Now he's no, a villain. That's his heel and you can't right, you can't right. You can't have a villain. You can't be a heel if you don't have a hero. I think we just figured this whole thing out. And then that's how the Celtics beat the Bucks because Giannis right now is just so beloved and you have to root for Giannis, but we got to turn right. him into a bad guy. Exactly. All right, we just, we just saw the, and the NBA playoffs. The Celtics are going to win it all. Put all of your money on it. Okay. Finally, last but not least the NHL playoffs. I've mentioned it before. I do not watch the NHL at all. I like the Blackhawks because I'm originally from Chicago, but I really, I just don't watch it. So Damashek invited me to 
this lovely bracket pool with all of the extra points people. I filled out a hockey bracket. I'm currently in dead last place. And I have in the Stanley Cup championship, the Edmonton Oilers against um, the Carolina. Uh, I should even know what it's they not are. not a bad one. That's not terrible. That could yes. still come through. Um, so give me the rundown. I know, obviously, you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, and they're playing against the New York Rangers, and that's Eddie's team. So right now you guys have a little tiff going on. But give us the lowdown on what's going on in the NHL for people who aren't watching, what games they should be interested in. Is there a Giannis of the NHL? I know Sidney Crosby is the Brady. Give us the lowdown. Who are we watching? I want storylines. Don't just give me X's and O's. Give me the people. Well, uh, first thing, uh, it's good that you're not in on the Blackhawks now. Their best days are behind them because when they played in Chicago Stadium, that was the best environment for a sporting event ever. When they would play the net, when they would play, it's still good in the United Center, but when they would play it in that old, in that old building, this big rectangle uh, on the west side of Chicago, it would it would get so loud and increasingly by verse it would get loud so so much that your body would shake. I, I was there to see Lemieux and company hoist the uh, Stanley Cup in '92. It was uh, it was a special event in my life. Um, to the here and now, wow, that was 40 years ago. Oh my, wait, 30 years ago, right? Oh my, I was going to say you're way. not that old. I was. That was the year spaghetti was born. I was there. Oh my god. Oh, so grim. I deserve this Penguins over Rangers, Vic. Based on that alone, you have plenty of years in front of me. Give me something nice, Spaghetti. Let me have something. Uh, the big story is that Sidney Crosby, face of the game 35, was it, it is in fact probably past his best days, but he mm-hmm. is playing at a prime level, perhaps better than anyone else so far in these playoffs, but also the nice underdog story with those penguins is Louis Domingue, this 30 year old guy, this journeyman gets jammed into a game in double overtime because the backup, the, the penguins backup goalie gets hurt and is out for the season. So the backups backup has to jump into the game while he's eating spicy pork and broccoli, expecting that he can put his feet up as usual gets jammed into the game and now has uh, has now won a couple of games against the Mighty Rangers. That's the one. The face of the game to be the best player in the sport, Connor McDavid, once again struggling. That's something to watch. Your so is that a Wally alert. Pip situation? The one you said earlier, the backup to the backup goalie has this guy something making like that. himself. Okay, so uh, if if, if this be? continues, sure, that certainly could happen. Um, and the best team in the game is probably the Colorado Avalanche. They've already swept through their series. They're <laughs> That's a super hilarious. fun watch. <laughs> They're they, the best, and I picked them to lose in the first round. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, well, they are. If you're looking for an entry point, you don't like hockey. I, I'm not. That's the team to watch. They're super fun to watch. They have high end skill all over the place. But um, yeah, the the potential demise of Connor McDavid. They have two. It's weird. They have Connor McDavid, who I think universally is ranked as the best player in the game now. And then Leon Dreisaitl, who everybody would probably have in the top six or eight in the world. They're always among the top two scorers uh, annually, and they cannot break through in the playoffs. Imagine that. Is there, I mean, for real, we, we talked about it on minus three. Has there been an equivalent? Is there an equivalent now or ever that you can remember where you had like two of the five best players in the entire sport? 
and yet you never did anything in the playoffs. I can't think of a single example of that happening. So that's interesting to watch. So that's like uh, playoff Chris Paul, but now he's kind of like changed that. Or Kershaw, how Kershaw's never been able to do it. Yeah, kind of like that. that. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a reasonable one. Yeah, that that team just does not break through. They can't handle the L.A. Kings, who are not a great team. And uh, at the time of this recording, they're they're tied two games apiece there. So that's a that's a fun I one picked, to watch. And oh. Spaghetti and uh, all of New York is very sad about uh, the Rangers, who when they went in there looked like, man, that team absolutely in this rugged conference, they might be the best team in it, and they could go to the final. And now they're down three one to the Penguins, who stunk bad going into the playoffs for a full month. I don't know where this came from. I'm slack jawed but happy about it. I will give it to you. Playoff hockey is not like regular season hockey. It is different. Um, a lot of people will talk about how the intensity changes. It does. It's it's more entertaining for someone who's not a hockey fan like myself to watch, but a fun game that my husband and I play when we turn on playoff hockey is anytime a graphic comes up on the bottom, we guess what the hockey player's nickname is. And then mm-hmm. we'll say that nickname and then we'll call it like, oh, oh, pal, get out of the way, pal. Oh, oh, you know, just uh, we'll, we'll do that type of commentary. So what is the best nickname by far in the NHL right now? Uh, best nickname? Yes. Boy, Spaghetti, help me out. Instead of Evgeny Malkin, Gino Malkin, that kind of Americanizes him really nicely. I'm more fascinated by the formal name because you can't tell – because it's it really is the global sport, and I I find it spaghetti, and I play a game on minus three um, NHL player or prescription drug because it's very hard to tell the difference. Like as a for instance, is this an NHL player or a prescription drug? Rupa hints, Rupa hints. I would guess prescription drug. No, that's not. He's a he's a uh, he's a high scoring uh, winger for the Dallas Stars. Rupa hints. Isn't that fun? That is fun. Give me another. Um, uh, Ivermectin. No, I don't know. I don't have my I don't have my my list of of drugs in front of me. Here, that, that might be something we have to add to our repertoire there. OK, because, okay. Uh, you, can, you can take that. Thing, the nickname thing was very fun. Uh, you know, just, you know, it might I'm sorry. Play. I'm trying to think spaghetti. I'm ja- yeah. I'm caught uh, well, deer in the couple. headlights. What's a good head? What are the good ones? Uh, the well, the, the goalie of the who, who was uh, all elite was a Pittsburgh Penn goalie as well. Mark Andre Fleury, his nickname is Flower for the the translation. I know Austin Matthews, um, who is going to probably win the Hart Trophy, the MVP in the NHL. A lot of people call him Poppy is his nickname, which is funny because I believe his mom has as like of Mexican descent. He's one of the best players in the game. Uh, some people have called Connor McDavid the best player in the sport. McJesus. Uh, oh, yeah, this is a stole. Yeah, McJesus is great. And along those lines, yeah, Johnny Goudreau, who's, who's Johnny great. Hockey. Yeah, yeah Johnny, oh, Johnny Hockey. Hockey. Okay. Yeah, That's not good. unlike uh, the football guy who didn't work out, but well, this, this guy is working out. You know, yeah. never give up Johnny football. I mean, the XFL is coming. You, you never know. Right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if they actually are. I don't want to, I don't want to get his hopes up. Okay, give us your pick. Uh, who's winning the Stanley Cup? I'm gonna. I, it's the most boring pick I could make. It's the team I mentioned to you, the Colorado Avalanche. I don't love their uniforms. I don't. I definitely don't like their team name, but they do have good players. And it feels, as a man who uh, is a uh, you know uh, who likes things based on merit, I will say the Avalanche. They deserve it. They're Who the are they playing? Sports best team. 
Well, we don't even know who they get uh, in the next round, but they got to go through. Maybe. No, but who, who are they playing in the Stanley Cup in your hypothetical world where they win? Uh, that's a good one. I guess Spaghetti's on the Carolina uh, Hurricanes, and that's a good pick. I'll go just for fun. Whichever one wins the blue and white versus white and blue scrimmage that is the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's go with uh, whoever survives that series will advance all the way to the final. Wow. Okay. I think that's going to be a battle of Florida there. We'll get the Panthers and the Lightning. Battle oh, yeah. of Florida. I, don't, I mean, I don't think people in Florida really get that much excited, like that excited for hockey in general. But, um, you know, maybe maybe they'll get up for that one. Panthers, Lightning. Oh, well, the best would be is uh, is the the best team playing the face of the game, Sidney Crosby. Spaghetti doesn't like when I say that, but it's true. That would be the best thing is for Sidney Crosby. For 16 years, he's been the guy. Let let it, let him have one more time in the in the spotlight here. And then if they could win one more Stanley Cup, they have my permission to not win another game for the next 25 years at least. Is there an exciting player in the NHL playoffs right now, like a John Morant, who's just captivating. Everybody's talking about his highlights and whatnot. Is there something? Many. Like that? It's a, it really is. I, I, I'm not trying to be a zealot for the sport, but if you want to see guys, there, almost every team has a player or four worth watching, putting the game on just to, to check them out. Spaghetti's team has a bunch of those guys. My guys generally are a little bit older. Everybody knows them. Um, Connor, Connor McDavid is the probably the most exciting watch, but the Avalanche have Nathan McKinnon. He's super exciting. He plays it like a speed that's different than anybody else. He looks like, I always say he looks like he's at one and a half times. Everybody else mm-hmm. is going one speed. And he's he just real jittery the whole time with the puck. It's, it's, it, it, it's weird to my eyeball to, uh, to watch um, Johnny Goudreau's uh, the, the, the teams that are the high scoring ones are finally breaking through. And for decades, it was kind of a dead puck two one kind of finals. Once the playoffs got here, even in these playoffs, everybody's putting up big numbers. Um, so it's uh, the future is bright for the sport. You can hardly turn on a game, these playoffs and not see a bunch of really, really high end players being stars. I like when the stars get to be stars instead of, um, you know, the, the leagues that sign off on like, well, the other team isn't as talented. So we're going to let some, some clutching and grab and go just to even things out a little bit. You know, I, I don't the like, NBA's doing like right now with the playoffs. Well, it's funny that that, that irony, because in the eighties, they, they, you know, they sort of cut loose. Like, let's like make sure Jordan bird, Jordan um, bird and, and magic. No, n- none of these ham and eggers get in their way. Like we, we the, our sport, will thrive if the superstars really become global stars. And that's what they did. And then the guy who was the number two at the NBA left to become the commissioner of the NHL and went completely against that and went entirely against that, which was terrible. Too much hockey talk. Nobody wants all this hockey talk, do they? I don't know. We might have a huge hockey audience here on Megan Fun of Sports. Okay, any any quick thoughts before we leave? I just want to point out that the White Sox blew a – 8-2 Eight to two lead last night, and they lost. And I found out about it this morning when I woke up. So my day was already off to a very rough start. Went to sleep thinking they won six in a row. They did not. They lost an awful one. I also would like to bring up 
that I'm having anxiety because I'm scared that Ja Morant may become Derek Rose. And I'm really nervous about that. He's out for game four. So just keep me in your thoughts and prayers as you watch Ja Morant and pray that he does not become Derek Rose. You got anything to plug? You got anything? Final thoughts? Final no, things you'd I, like I, to tell our audience? I put I put up for you in homage to your favorite baseball team, uh, the early 80s um, ace of the Chicago White Sox, Lamar Hoyt. If you aren't familiar with him, look up his picture and you'll feel better. John Morant is a 21st century athlete. The only thing that might take him down is that he is so finely tuned that he might break. Lamar Hoyt was on the other end of that spectrum. Oh, there's Lamar when you see Hoyt. him, when you see him and realize that guy was a professional athlete, the whole world is, is an option for you. If that guy can make it in the big, so too can you, you know, that's big slob with a beard. Oh yeah. He's a big boy. And here he is in those ugly, <laughs> ugly, <laughs> Best, one of the best athletes in the world, circa 1983, Lamar Hoyt. There you have it. Cy Young winner. Wow. That was Lamar Hoyt was before my time, but let me tell you, he's no Mark Burley. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, the eighties had so many good ones. Pete in Cavelia. Oh, my father just, was actually at the demolition, uh, der, the disco demolition night. For you're White kidding. Sox. Wow. Yeah, that's my father neat. was there. You my know, father is a diehard White Sox fan. And uh, I guess they were giving out, they were giving free tickets if you came with a record. So everybody brought their record and then it, chaos ensued. That's awesome. That's a pretty cool thing to be able to brag on. But Spaghetti's dad was at something better. He was at uh, Woodstock. Oh, wow. That's a pretty cool feather in your cap. That is. I mean, unfortunately, I've even asked my dad, like, hey, do you have the ticket or anything? He's got nothing. Nothing. And I was and I was at game one and game four of the 1992 Stanley Cup final when the Penguins vanquished the, the Chicago Blackhawks. There you go. There you so have it. We all have something to brag about, I guess. I was uh, at the most boring Super Bowl of all time when the Patriots defeated the Rams. That was um, a snoozer. That was a snoozer. I think that's all I got for now. But hey, I'm not even 30 yet. And I think the best is yet to come. Unlike Eddie Spaghetti. The best days are in your 50s, so we're going to keep living towards that. <laughs> Dave Damashek, thank you so much for coming on our show today. We had a lot of fun with you. Um, and really glad that we got to break down NHL for our – I will say this, and not, Gailey's not here. I, I've uh, been aware of her, to be honest, for a couple of years more than I, I, I knew that you walked the planet Earth. But uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm a tremendous fan of the combined effort with you guys and uh, of yours personally. You're uh, super fun on social media and on this show. And uh, the Extra Points Network is, is way better for your presence. So oh, thanks thank for having me on the so show. Thank you for coming. We miss Megan. She's doing well. She's uh, breastfeeding. She's dreaming about breastfeeding. Her baby's cute. She sends me pictures of him every day. She's healthy, happy, and she will be returning soon. But for now, we get to have fun guests like Dave Damashek, who make our network better as well. So everyone, please rate, review, subscribe, follow Extra Points on social media, follow Dave Damashek on social media, and we will see you next week. 